This last year has been heavy. A global pandemic, political division, racial tension. And did we mention the pandemic? Today, the Think Tank of Three is hitting the reset button. You don't always get to do that in life, but when you have a podcast for women, by women, you get to practice what you preach. And there is nothing we preach more than turning inward when you need it. The climb to the top feels so good when you get there. Is it just us or can it feel lonely sometimes, even when you're successful? And who defines success anyway? What about life's twists and turns? We've learned a few things along the way, and we're ditching the culture of competitiveness. Bringing together women from different backgrounds to share their stories. Let's do this together. Welcome to Think Tank of Three podcast. No matter how you look at it, the lows, the highs, we've all faced changes and challenges. But we're still here, and we're here together. Welcome back to the Think Tank of Three. I'm Julie Holton here with Audrea Fink and Rishia Kapasuras. Can we just take a collective deep breath? <sighs> I feel like that feels good. That does feel really good. Yeah, I feel a little better. I needed that. <laughs> yeah, I think you need that probably a year now. We, I think we need those at least once a day every day now that I think about it. I have an app that reminds me to breathe. <laughs> There's an also, app for that. There's an app for that. <laughs> also, can we talk about how I have to have an app to remind me to like stop being crazy and take a deep breath? Like just to breathe. Well, mm-hmm. most of us aren't breathing correctly anyway. So it truly does no. make you feel better. Rish, when you said, and we're here together, I've like wanted to cheer. Take a deep breath and then freaking cheer because. <laughs> made it through the last year and we're still here <laughs> we are still here we have not abandoned you we just went silent and we're going to talk about that today but there's also something Audrea I think has mentioned this in the past with a deep breath how it helps you mentally I know that I've used that on my son when he gets a little amped up and it's like calm down and then what ha- what's funny is it got thrown back at me by my five-year-old you know I was upset and probably yelling at my son and she's like mommy mommy take a deep breath. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to say to the five-year-old? Like, right. I love if it. If I say it to him, I got to take my own advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I think telling someone to take a deep breath is actually kind of brilliant. Cause if someone tells me to calm down one more time, like when has that ever worked? Right. Yeah. And I think it depends on to calm down all the time. It, right. Though it's like, if you tell someone like, Hey, honey, take a deep breath, like genuine, concerning, caring. That's amazing. But if you're like, if you're like someone I know and you're like, take a deep breath, like (laughs) depends on the delivery. That's Delivery matters. Delivery does matter. Like I said, hearing someone, someone, yeah. And, and hearing that telling someone calm down will send that person into a whole other, like if I'm knee deep in my rage, uh uh-uh, don't, don't tell me to calm (laughs) down. What? There's a reason I'm amped up in the first place. Don't tell me to calm down. No, who I don't you think really you're talking to? I would be scared to tell you to calm down. <laughs> However, I would not be scared to tell you, hey, Rish, let's take a deep breath. I'll take one with you. You know, all together now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing. The pandemic is that elephant. It is that huge elephant that globally affected 
everyone in some way, shape or form. It was an absolute shared experience, regardless of what your experience was, good, bad or indifferent. You were affected by this pandemic. And even though the think tank of three took some time to pause publicly, I think it's important for us to come back to you and share what happened behind the scenes. We as individuals, I mean, we as a, as a team have really learned a lot, had some highs, had some lows, and leaned on each other as a tribe, which, you know, I love my tribe. And so we were able to really come out of the other side of this as much as we are on the other side of this with some real powerful lessons and some pretty beautiful shared experiences, I think. We learned to uh, lean in on one another even more. So like Audrey was alluding to, you didn't hear from us and you should have at some point, but at the same time, we can't necessarily apologize because life does take an effect. And sometimes you just have to deal with life. Mm -hmm. And we were all dealing with different things in our lives in our own way, but we had each other and we were leaning on each other when our lives were going through what they were going through. I think one of the biggest things that we all have talked about, and I want to share just right off the get-go with our extended think tank of three tribe, is that life didn't stop last March, Mm. March 2020. Life didn't just stop when the pandemic started. All of those things that all of us were going through leading up to the start of this global pandemic, it's not like everything just paused. It kept happening. Life kept happening. At one point, I had interviewed Joyce Martyr, who's one of our previous podcast guests and therapist based out of Chicago. And she talked about this idea of complex trauma which is when you have this snowball effect of trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. And I think it's really important to point out that for all of us collectively experiencing this global pandemic in and of itself is a trauma. No matter how you've been impacted, the highs and lows you felt to experience this, to be in these individual statewide shutdowns to have the mask mandates, the vaccination debates, you know, all of these related things. To not be able to see your family, to not be able to see your friends, your community, to not be able to mourn together or celebrate together when big issues happen or big celebrations happen. To not be able to comfort one another, to Mm. not be able just to sit in solidarity with someone. The one thing that I think everyone can attest to is that we are not meant to be alone. We are social beings Whether that tribe is one person, whether that tribe is a small group of people, even individuals who, who have different mental or certain situational things that make it difficult for them to be interactive with people. There is still something about having that connection. And that was, I think, without question, truly, truly tested and challenged in ways that no one would ever, ever want to go through again most definitely a lot of lessons coming out of this this past year but we're still moving on we're we're still in it it's not like it's it's still part of the journey we're still learning yeah making it up as we go I don't know about you guys but I'm I'm making it up (laughs) I I'm still learning I'm still growing every day and I think that's the silver lining in this when we can take these experiences and be turning them into lessons so quickly that we can talk about. So let's kick off some of these lessons, Trish. Why don't you lead us? What have you learned 
what hit you in the face <laughs> with learning in the last year and a half to two years? Other than having your daughter teach you how to just breathe. How to just breathe, <laughs> right? <laughs> I <saw her. laughs> sassy, I love it. She is sassy. It's one of the reasons I taught her the statement. I am strong. I am smart. I can do anything. Love it. Well, of course it would be connected to my kids. It's that uh, our kids are listening. My kids are listening. I did find myself experiencing emotions and feelings and things that I, I didn't realize were in me with all of the racial tension that was going on with the social unrest. And so I watched way too much news and found myself reading way too many articles and <laughs> found <Yes>. myself <laughs> talking out loud, way too much walking through the house. And my son was home remote learning because the situation here was like a lot of schools. It was a hybrid school model for him. And I just, he needs more consistency. It was, I was not going to be able to remember, oh, is this the week you have three days or is this the week you have two? It was just going to be too difficult. And so we chose to go with the remote learning for the consistency for him. But that also meant that I was around him all day every day. Even when that school day ended, there I am still. A lot of what I was feeling and reading and hearing made its way into my brain, into my heart, out of my mouth. It chirped back at me a couple of times and I had to stop and say, okay, listen, you're 10. I know that you think you're saying something because you heard mommy say it, but it's a little more complicated. So you and I and your dad, we need to have some conversations to kind of help you understand what's going on. Yeah, that happened a couple of times. <laughs> it's so funny how frequently you don't realize kids are listening. I can be driving in the car with my mom and my niece and my mom and I will be talking about something and my niece will repeat back, like, that's not how it happened. And I'm like, what? What? I thought you had your ear headphones on. Like, I thought you were listening to your iPhone. Like, what Who is asked this? you? Right? There's All also the something about hearing adult words, especially mm. about a big topic coming out of a little kid's mouth. You know, like there's yeah. something about hearing your words repeated back to you that can be a reminder of the significance of our experience versus a child's experience. It's jarring. And then simultaneously, you also realize, I know for me that this little guy who's 10 is growing up a little bit faster. Uh, he's going to be exposed to some things earlier than perhaps I had anticipated. But yeah. at the same time, he he needs to be because unfortunately we're uh, in a society that, uh, is that he's going to have to be very aware a lot sooner than later. You know, she's five. She can still run around and be her little innocent self with lots of sass, but <laughs> I hope uh, she never loses the sass. Oh, she won't. I've got trouble. I've got, we've got issues coming. <laughs> we've got some battles coming with that one. <laughs> and I think, I think it's, I think it's um, important to share if you want to, that, you know, some of the things that your son was repeating were about rape. Mm, yeah. And that, you know, that has been really hard for adults to live through in the last year. But then now we have a 10 year old 
and you're navigating your own journey plus guiding his. And I mean, I can't even imagine where that then puts you in this place of the life lessons that you're trying to navigate. Right. And on top of that, a global pandemic where you're not allowed to be around other people who could help guide this conversation. Yeah. Speaking of kids and the things they say, it was last year around Thanksgiving time, 2020, my niece, who was then about four at the time, um, was sitting on my lap and we're talking about taking time off for Christmas and debating whether the family could get together, whether that was safe, you know, conversations that I think we all were having around the holidays last year. I mentioned in conversation to my mom that I was going to take a week off at Christmas just to take some time away from the business. And my niece immediately says, no, you can't take time off from work. That means you have COVID and you could die. And I looked at her, I said, what? I don't have COVID. Well, and she with, you know, a serious face says, well, when people miss work, it's because they have COVID and come to find out, you know, her dad's work has this policy where if anyone even has the chance of being exposed to someone with COVID, they have automatic time off. So her dad, not having had COVID, thankfully, had several instances where he had been exposed and had to take time off from work. And so his four-year-old daughter suddenly took it to mean that any time off of work meant that you must have COVID. And what does COVID mean? You could get sick and die. I mean, talk about these huge things that all of us, you know, we're talking about here today as adults, but the little ears, the little minds that have been living through this and what they've been learning. Isn't it how they they process? Yep. That's exactly. Yep. (laughs) How they interpret, right? How they process what you say. You say one thing. I've had a couple days off work. And they're like, oh, you have COVID, you could die. Like how heartbreaking is it that we have kids who are that scared, but at the same time, like it's crazy how they interpret it. Well, and the fortunate thing though, that we're told um, by experts in the field is that our brains are resilient and that we're going to come out of this and we're going to bounce back. There are things we can do. There are things we can do for our children that she's going to be a guest in a later show in this series, as we talk about coming through the pandemic and, and the next stages and what that looks like. But yeah, it's, you know, until we get to that point, there is a lot of fear. What about you, Miss Audrea? What, uh, what did you learn or are in the process of learning? I love that you say that because that's loaded and you know it. Look, you sounded so innocent. Audrea. <laughs> My lesson was really sort of a twofer. It was how important it is to take care of yourself and how important it is to not take crap from other people. I think I, one of my big challenges for COVID was that I really dug into work. I've worked harder in the last year than I think I've ever worked my whole life. I worked with, and I think I've said this before, the women that I worked with and actually most of the people I worked with at my uh, job were amazing. But I had one person who I couldn't seem to stop crossing paths with here or there, who was really toxic and abusive, verbally abusive. And I took it. I took it for the length of time I was employed there. It really grated on me. And I didn't address it because I didn't know how, or I didn't feel comfortable, or I didn't you know, leave because I felt like everything else was fine. And I kind of realized it was really messing with my mental health. Within the last two months of this recording, 
I quit my job and my husband is the sole breadwinner now. It's never been more clear to me that taking care of yourself, especially over a company or a job or another person you work with, who's not your, you know, they're not your family. They're not your community. They're not your tribe. They're just this person is, is bold, right? Take care of yourself and don't take crap from other people. It's not worth it. I so applaud you for, because that was not an easy move for you to make it. And it was mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Terrifying. It is not just to make it clear to our audience. It is not a typical Audrey to be like, I'm done, but I'm so proud of you that you were proud. Proud makes it sound like I had a part in it. <laughs> I, I'm so, I'm so happy for you proud for you that you were able to take that step to put yourself and your mental health first, instead of just continuing to just kind of deal with it. Because I think sometimes as as a society, we tend to think that that's just what we have to do is grin and bear it. And you don't, and you didn't. Part of the reason I think I stuck it out for so long, and I'm actually really embarrassed about this, but part of the reason I didn't complain, push back, whatever, was because I didn't want to be the emotional, hysterical woman who's complaining, who couldn't like deal with the fact that she works in a tough industry. And it's all bull. It's all bull. I, I worked with some amazingly complicated and difficult attorneys who were 100% professional, polite, and treated me with respect. And to worry about like, oh, I think I'm just like, being hysterical is ridiculous. And I know better. And it just took me a little while to remember that I knew better. We're so brainwaving to, again, because we've done that. We as women have allowed that thought process to um, be planted, watered and grown. And it's, it's like you said, it's bull. It's utter bull. We don't have to just sit there and take it. And that, that comes into that whole trying to be just like the guys. Well, we're Mm -hmm. not guys. There's a reason we're different and we handle things differently and right or wrong, better or worse. No one, because no man is going to just sit and take it. Why on earth are we just sitting and taking it? And we've, unfortunately, we're going to have to, there's a lot of work that we as women have to do to tear that perception clear a way to get rid of it because it's still out there and it exists. So like Julie said, bravo you. Yes. Bravo you for standing up and saying, no, mm -mm, no more. Bravo. Because that is hard. That is that, that is exceptionally hard. You're, you know, it's also, let's, let's face it. There's also that comfort level that Mm -hmm. the question of, well, well, now what, if I take this step now, what? So that's the other, the anxiety of, if I step away from it, but the fact that you just took a deep breath and took that step. Right. This was a big jump. It was a big leap. I was very scared to make it. I would just like to start off by saying that I 100% had the privilege to make this decision because my husband works. I would not have been able to make this choice had I been living on my own. So I want to acknowledge that right off the bat. And I've also not gone without a job before. Like I work, I'm a worker. That's like the career woman. That's like part of my identity. And I definitely have struggled in not having a job with, well, then who am I? 
If you look back on 2020, it was also professionally my most successful year. If you look at the things that I did, the things that I accomplished, they, I am impressed with me. Like, I'm hot shit, you know? <laughs> you should be. <laughs> I am. And I'm exhausted. And I was burnt out and drowning. And it took my husband saying, I don't know who this person is who lives with me anymore. And it took a handful of my friends saying, we're really worried about you. You like seem off. And that's the other side of taking it. it just sitting there grinning and bearing yeah, it because yes. it, it tears, it tears at your soul eventually. And yeah. your soul can only take so much. Yeah. Beats you down. Right, right. And Audrey, what a huge change from what you told us the other day, which is that right now, personally, your life, like you are the best you've ever been. What a huge shift from yeah. what your friends and your husband were saying before you left that job. And I say job purposefully because you still are a career woman. You're in the process. You're <laughs> navigating to, to whatever that's going to be next for you. And I get it. There's so much identity tied up in our jobs, but you left that mm-hmm. job. And now other than searching for the next opportunity, you're better than you've been ever, you said. And you'll also be better for whatever that next opportunity is because you'll be in the right headspace. You're no longer trying to escape something and and find yourself moving quickly into something else just because it's the something else. You're in a better headspace where you can say, okay, is this truly what I want to do? Does this make sense? Is this what I want, where I want to be? So I think that 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 is a very big deal very big deal. It's huge. You know, thanks ladies. I love you. Thank you for all your, and you're just glowing. I wish, (laughs) I wish we were on video right now. I mean, we can see each other, but you're just glowing, which just emphasizes everything you're talking about. It it means you made the right choice period. You made the right choice. I did. And I got to spend even more time with my dogs. Poor Reese is like, who are you people treating your dogs like children? And yeah, (laughs) you dog people are special. You're a special crew, you dog. Special folk. breed we are. A special breed. I, I will not. I will not give the dog breed people a, a hard time. You guys are, are special people. You're special. Jules, <laughs> let's talk about your year because you've had a pretty amazing and tough and awesome and heavy year. It's been a wild year. You know, I don't think any of us imagined we'd live through a global pandemic. That's something that happens only in the movies, or at least it did before 2020. But, you know, if I was going to imagine it, it would not have been quarantining alone. And when you're single, that is something that hasn't been talked about a lot. Um, And I certainly haven't talked about it a lot or really at all, because I also didn't want to draw attention to the fact that like, hey, here I am alone in my house. Come hang out with me, you bad guys, you, you know? So, um, but the reality is this also, and this is going to sound crazy. This is part of the wild ride. So bear with me, but this also has been such an incredible time for personal growth for me. And I know that that's the fancy way of saying it really sucked. um, And that's true too. (laughs) But the reality is I really like my solitude. I've come to really, and I liked this before the pandemic, but I've really come to 
enjoy my time. And I really had to make the most of it. It has also helped me to, no surprise, really value my tribe even more. And, and let me explain. The political season was really rough. I don't know if you guys knew that, but it was pretty divisive. Really? And so? I mean, a little bit. <laughs> no. And it's pretty, it's pretty chill here in Seattle. Seattle oh, very- yeah. Yeah. I heard how chill it was in Seattle. <laughs> there would be times when I would be like hearing from my friends about the divisions in their family or the divisions with their best friends. And I realized very quickly how incredibly fortunate I am that I was like, whoa, my inner circle is not crazy. Or at least if they are, I'm right there on the same crazy train because I felt so supported and so united and just so thankful that I didn't have those additional complications. I mean, they were the disagreements, but it wasn't like the horribleness. So even though you might've had disagreements within your group, it's not like you guys are all the same, same matchy matchy, but you were able to have respectful conversations. If you disagreed, you were able to talk like people who care about each other and it didn't devolve into a screaming match or people not talking to each other. Yes, absolutely. And I don't take that lightly. There just, there's been so much that we've had to go through in the last year that when it got right down to it, I've never been more grateful for my tribe than I was in the last year. We couldn't be physically together, but the gaps weren't there, if that makes sense. We were just talking about this the other day when we were preparing for this podcast, how we have this incredibly strong tribe between the three of us and Julie and Andrea have not met Rish in person yet. And Julie and Andrea, I don't know why I'm talking about myself in the third person. Sorry about that. But Julie (laughs) and Andrea have only met twice. In person, in real life. Otherwise, there's this incredibly strong bond and this incredible amount of respect mm-hmm. that we built virtually. Yep. Uh, before it was cool, we were on Zoom. Just like to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was just for our voices. <laughs> she was like, I really love this internet relationship we have. <laughs> whole different context. There you go. <laughs> internet you should thing. build an app for this <laughs> way better than dating is like find my new best friends amen <laughs> you know those those all of that all of that matters all of that is important and all of that is a part of of the journey of living i think that this pandemic has forced a great deal of people to really do that inward stock taking because there you weren't able to go anywhere except to take stock. (laughs) I mean, even if you were still working in your monetary earning thing, you were still, for the most part, most people were doing that at home. If you weren't within a first responder, a medical profession, there's a lot there is, it has been a lot. And there's that deep breath again, just acknowledging everything that has, that has happened, that continues to happen. The challenges of the pandemic And Audrey, I think you said it best how, or maybe it was Julie, it was one of you. The world keeps going. It does not stop spinning. Even when the challenges slap you in the face, it does not stop spinning, you know? So for me, it it was the death of my brother, the loss of my brother, and completely unanticipated and unrelated to COVID. And that happened recently. And it's, it's like, enough really yeah it's a lot 
it's just, it's, it's a lot other, more things keep coming at you and you have to figure out how to deal with those more things because it really doesn't just stop. You want everything to stop. I, I literally just said, pause. I really just need this world to pause. Just, I need a pause. I need that pause to happen for a solid week. That wasn't going to happen. So <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> I think that we are learning globally, learning about grief right now. Some of it is the grief that we expect, I guess, to a certain extent, you know, the loss of a loved one is one of those where you know you will grieve, but there are things like the loss of connection, right? Not being able to touch people for months. I definitely not the same as losing brother, but I lost three of my four pets during the pandemic. We now have two more dogs. You know, there's a lot of grief that has come in. There is the grief of having to work and focus on making money when you're like, but the world is in pain and I'm sitting here racking up the dollars (laughs) while other people starve. Like that felt like crap, right? So we're all, we have like the survival's guilt. We have all this grief from all of the things we lost. We expected some of it, but we didn't expect all of it. And we certainly didn't expect it in this big of a bite. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a lot. And we had so many layers of it happening at once. You know, we, we chose to start by talking about the lessons because all three of us, um, we don't sugarcoat anything, so I don't want to imply that, but we always try to see the good in things, even when things are really shitty. So, you know, the reality yeah. is things were really hard for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and to an extent, things continue to be really hard. I remember early on taking a call from a dear friend of mine who owns a nursing home, several nursing homes. And they were, this was in the first couple of weeks when they were in an absolute panic, trying to get enough protective gear for their staff. And her phone call, you know, changed the course of my entire day because here I thought I was, you know, fighting the good fight and helping businesses, you know, change their strategies and messaging. And, you know, they were shutting their doors and and yes, that was really important. But in that moment, it was that reminder of there are lives on the line because this is a health pandemic. And it really shifted my perspective in that moment. And I think that throughout this entire experience, that has been something that has been bringing this whole experience in waves where you experience the good with the bad, sometimes in the same day, sometimes day to day. And sometimes you're experiencing one thing and another person is experiencing another and we're trying to come to terms with it. It's really hard to wrap our brains around celebrating a success when someone else is suffering from a huge catastrophic loss and vice versa. I still don't have any answers on how we navigate this. I don't think that's, any of you. That's that guilt, that survivor's guilt that Audrea had, had alluded to. And, that, and that's the other thing. It's people experienced a great amount of success. You had some really amazingly wonderful things happen to you, Julie, during this horrendously awful time in our global life. You earned those wonderful, positive things things. That's the thing. Nothing changed that led to, when I say nothing changed, I mean your effort, the work you put in, the things that you were doing, that didn't change pre or post or during pandemic. That is still who you are. So you have earned those successes and you've earned the right to celebrate 
those successes. My successes felt a little bit early on. This podcast was a huge thing for me. And it was strange because at the same time, it's like, I know that people were losing things and you don't want to, you know, like, you know, how are you? I'm great. Yeah. I've got this going on and this going on. And it's, it's a hard balancing act, but I also think we need to just emphasize the people that yes, be sensitive to the situation and be sensitive to what's happening in the world. Absolutely. 100%. But don't feel bad for the good that is coming your way. You've earned that good. You deserve that good. The good comes when the good comes. There is no calendar that said this month you get your good. Or after the pandemic, we're going to schedule your good to come here. Your good comes when it comes. One of the things that I have been working on, on my time off, has been my mental health. So I've been talking to a therapist pretty regularly. And we regularly address this idea of holding two different opposing thoughts at the same time. One. I would like to celebrate my success. I did an amazing job. I did this big thing. This amazing thing happened to me. And then the other is this horrible thing is happening and I feel helpless and hopeless. And I feel guilty for the things that I have, but I also feel grateful for the health that I have. You can hold both. Humans can hold both and we should hold both and make space for that because it's so important to not just say, this is all the horrible. I can't celebrate the success because then you never see a light at the end of the tunnel and you burn yourself out and you're no good to yourself or anybody else. If you just sit in that space of, I need to just work harder to help someone else. I need to put everyone else's face mask on before my own. You have to be able to hold both. Not that that's an easy thing to do, but you have to be able to hold both. Oh, I feel like I need a deep breath after that. Another one. (laughs) Good. I mean, both of you, you're so, you're so right. And it's so encouraging. I think something that I take very seriously and very close to heart is that much of the success that I've seen as a silver lining through this pandemic has been because I made it my mission to help others. And I say that being as genuine and and real as I can possibly be. I ended up with a TV show that I now host that airs once a week locally here in the Lansing, Michigan market. But this TV show started as a Facebook live series. The whole point of the series was to help provide our community with answers, to help our business owners figure out how to stay running when their doors had to be closed, you know, shifting online, how to sanitize and clean if there was a COVID-19 exposure, how to focus on our mental health, how to deal with homeschooling children while also trying to remote work for the first time, you know, all of these complicated issues. I did more than 60 interviews in the first four weeks because I had connections to experts who had answers and I had a community that desperately needed them. And I remember saying to my team really early on, a member of my team had said to me, Julie, like, what the heck? Like, how are you jumping into action? She's like, the world shuts down and I want to shut down. And here you are doing all these Facebook lives. And the reality was, It was kind of therapeutic for me because it was my connection to the outside world. I was able to talk to people. I felt like I was taking action and helping. And I, and I think it really was a big help, but also I said to her at the time, I said, look, we all have our time. 
just because I'm jumping into action now, like you just wait, my, my day, I promise you is coming. And it's come several times since then when I have been just totally burnt out and I needed to hit pause and I needed to step back and I needed others in the community to help fill me back up. It's part of being in a community where you give and you have to be able to then take and to receive. And it's all part of this ebb and flow. And so when the pandemic started, I just leaned on my former news background and jumped in and did the only thing I knew how to do because I certainly didn't know how to save everyone's businesses. Personally, I didn't know how to save my own. I didn't know if at the end of all of this, I would still be standing or not, but there wasn't a whole lot I could do about that. What I could do was these Facebook lives to help other people. And we ended up with a TV show that now we can reach even more people and help more people. I honestly, I'm really proud of my team for what we were able to do and the success that we've seen. But it is hard to celebrate successes when you know so many others are hurting and have not been as fortunate. I just use that as my my inspiration to keep the show going and to keep helping as many people as we can possibly help. I think you've handled it well. I think you both have. Again, we we keep repeating it, but it's it bears it's it's worth repeating. You're allowed to have success. You've earned that success. You're allowed to be smiling for walking away from the job that was tearing you apart. And you're allowed to feel good about that. And simultaneously stay aware of what's happening in the world around you as well and be sensitive to that. I think we all walk that line and, and understand how to walk that line. And that's just, and that's also called living. That's called life. Yeah. And life doesn't pause, which is a real bitch. Life doesn't pause. Things just keep on keeping on. You know, the question I think I've, I've learned to, I hate use the term despise because it is strong, but I strongly dislike it. How are you doing? Oh, yes. Because I know that it's coming from a good place, that it's coming from a place of I'm checking in on you, but I'd rather just that person say, I'm checking in on you versus how are you doing? Because I don't really know how to answer that other than to say, I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. And of course I didn't think about that until I, you know, I had to run into that a, a second time. The first time I had to deal with that question was after my father. And here I am several years later having to deal with that after my brother. And it's, I realize I'm like, I just, I don't like that question. <laughs> you know, it's actually a question that I, I will ask it almost out of habit. And it I, is. I also just like it because it's not disingenuine, but it's also not really what I'm asking. Right. We right? all do it. Yeah. I do, I do it myself. I, I'm not, I say mm-hmm. how, what I, that I just, I have learned to dislike it. And yet first thing you say, when you see someone, how are you doing? Yeah. It's a greeting. It's, a greeting. it's become a greeting. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's another lesson I need to take from my own self is really stop and think about what you're communicating. Are you asking, are you okay? Is there something you need? Or are you just saying, Hey, what's up? Right. We've, shared with you all that we, we took the necessary time that we needed. Unfortunately, we didn't communicate with, with you, our, our family on the other side, as well as we should have. Um, but we're back. We're back. And uh, we, we're excited to be back. And we're excited about what we're looking to bring to you as uh, we continue our venture and our, our reset. 
we're asking you to weigh in. This will also give us the opportunity to really cover topics that we know you want to hear about, whether you want to join us on the podcast, whether you want to join us in our private group, and you can share content and information and resources. Maybe you have someone that we should talk to on our podcast, a friend or a colleague that we should interview. All of this is on the table. This podcast is just as much yours as it is ours. And we are so excited to invite you into our inner tribe to grow with us in this next season of the Think Tank of Three. So our next steps, our first topic, this podcast, you may have guessed, we're going to really dive into topics related to the pandemic, not necessarily looking back, except as it helps us to look forward. So how do we take these lessons that we've learned that we're still learning and really tap into some of these experts and their brilliant brains to help us figure out how to best move forward, whether that's with a career transition We've been talking about that. I know a lot of people are talking about that, whether it is with our own resiliency and figuring out how the heck do we move forward from our grief, from our ups and downs, from helping our children navigate through this. Um, So many topics related to the pandemic as we look ahead. It's going to be an amazing ride. It's going to be a great opportunity as we continue ourselves to grow with this show. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in to the Think Tank of Three. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like to hear from, send us a message at thinktankofthree at gmail.com. Subscribe to the Think Tank of Three wherever you listen to podcasts and connect with us online. We blog weekly at thinktankofthree.com. Follow us on social media. You can find us individually on LinkedIn and as Think Tank of Three on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Women, click to join our private group on Facebook where we can all share advice and articles. And if you liked what you heard in the podcast, share it. You can find Think Tank of Three on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, and SoundCloud. 